I'm going to start out with a prayer. I'm excited about the word God gave me today, so if you would please bow with me so we can get started. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come to you this morning, Lord, thankful for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, I'm thankful for every brother and sister here. Lord, I'm thankful for every new soul that might be here today. God, I know that you've brought everyone here for a purpose today, Lord, and that purpose is to have a meeting with you, God, and, and get our hearts right and headed in the right direction, God, and I'm excited for that opportunity, Lord, to realign my life, Lord, and I hope everybody this morning came seeking the same thing, God, and that is you and your influence in our lives, God, that we, we may do better for you, Lord, that we could sacrifice a little more of us and give more to you. God, I'm, I'm thankful for the word that you've given me this morning, God, because I don't want people to remember me, God, I want them to see you and to remember you, God, that's why we're here. You are the reason why we're here. God, and I pray that every word that would come out of my mouth and every person here, God, that all the singing and the praying, Lord, is, is just lifting your name higher, God, that you would be happy with the things that we do here this morning. God, that we could bring glory and honor to your name. Lord, we're just thankful above all things. Lord, we're thankful for this church and the people in it. Lord, we're thankful for our community that we live in and our country. Lord, and we're thankful for the people that protect our rights that we have here to, to gather and worship freely. God, we just pray that you be with those that aren't here this morning, those that are traveling, that may be sick or hurt, Lord, and those that just have a loneliness about them, God, that you would just reveal your love to them today. God, we just love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I got excited because yesterday I had the opportunity to go to, to Pyland and speak to the kids out there. And if you want to get excited about God, attend a church service full of kids. You notice they're the only ones in the front row this morning. Um, God says we should come to him as children. And I can tell you yesterday that every kid at Pylon was excited to be there. And when I get a chance to talk to them, they're excited about God. And they're excited about telling people about God. And I just pray that I can get to be more like them. Attentive to what God is telling them. Excited about what God is doing for them. And excited to be a child of the King. That's an excitement and a joy that we lose as we grow older and we get a little more bitter. And our heart grows a little colder because life wants to knock you down. But God says, don't come to me as an adult, but come to me as a child that is fully longing for me and is truly seeking me and is happy about it. Because I know out in the crowd somewhere today that there was somebody that didn't want to be here this morning and that they got drugged here. That used to be me. I was the one being drugged because I didn't want to be here. Uh, but whenever we allow God in and we get excited about what he's doing, we can truly start to live. And I'm going to give you some scripture that they focused on yesterday and taught these little kids. And it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It says, You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its Savior, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot by men. Salt has some purposes in the earthly realm. Salt is used to enhance the flavor that's already there. God calls us 
to be salt. He wants us to enhance each other. The things that we know deep down as Christians, we can be salty for God. We can enhance one another. He says, as iron sharpens iron, we can be there for each other. We can enhance each other. We can build each other up. Salt is also used to preserve things. We can help each other and preserve the goodness that God has given us by holding each other accountable in the things that we should and shouldn't be doing. And I pray that God would make me saltier. I want to be salty. I want to be so salty that they talk about, you heard that pastor up there at First Baptist? Boy, his game's salty. His flavor is salty. I want to be salty because I want to help people. And I want to inspire people through the power that Jesus Christ has given us and through the power of his grace and his mercy that he allowed me to partake in when he died on that cross. Because Jesus is the salt in all of us. It's not natural for me to want to help people. But because I've got Jesus Christ in my heart, I can be salty. And I can get saltier. We talked in Sunday school this morning how it doesn't stop. You admire the elders when you're young and you're like, man, they know everything. And then you get there and you're like, boy, I'm not the person I used to look at. Because there's no way that I know as much as they used to know. But yet you're that example for the next generation. And if you ever quit wanting to be salty, what does it say? It says the Savior wherewith shall it be salted, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Don't stop. Continue to want to be saltier. Continue to want to grow. Continue to want to be better. That desire doesn't stop inside of you. That's just the first verse they learned about. The second three verses are like this. In 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. When you light something, you light it to give light. When you click a flashlight on, you want it to produce light. And when God flips a switch in your heart, He wants you to produce His light. He wants you to be a reflection of Him, of the goodness in the darkness of this world. To be a light that the whole house can see, that would give inspiration, that would give wisdom, that would give knowledge because you are a reflection of Christ now inside of you. The last verse is one of my favorites. It says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before men, not just a little bit. He's talking about amplifying it. Make it seen, not to be hidden, not to be dimmed by the world, but a light that produces life, because Jesus Christ is in us, giving us the ability to produce a light that is not to be shut down. And it says in the very last of that, to glorify who? Me? Not to glorify me. 
but to glorify my Father, which is in heaven. The kids sang a song yesterday about light. And it's so exciting to see the future generation come up as excited about God. If half of us in here were as excited as they were yesterday, the church would have a whole different dynamic. Right? That was just extra. God hit me with that this morning. You don't have to pay extra for that. I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? What? Not everybody's going to heaven? Shocking, right? But that's the truth. That's what the Bible says. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I know, as Christians, we stand on the promises of God. And through the exception of Jesus Christ as our Savior, we will inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? Not because of what we do, but because of what he did. But there is a truth. And there is a judgment coming. And the judgment says that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Back in Matthew, chapter 7, verse 13, he says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many... There be which go therein. It says, and many at the wide gate. That means that there's a select few that will enter at the straight gate because it says in verse 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth into life. And few, few there will be that find it. I know a lot of us spend a lot of time deciding what we are going to do for ourselves today, tomorrow, the next week, and the week after that, and we worry about what we've done in the past, but I can assure you that when it comes down to it, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, and if you've not accepted him, you're going to go one place, and that is through that wide gate, because everything here is temporal. Everything here, just like in the song, will go away. It will be tried by fire, it says. So it is vital when you're talking about your daily ventures to know and know that you know that you're a child of the king. Amen? That's where your day should start. You should wake up and be like, boom, I am a child of the king. God, what have you got for me today? If the church was open, I'd be on the front row because I want to know what you've got for me today. God, I'm asking you to show me what you've got for me today because I know that what I've got for me today is minuscule compared to what you've got for me today. Because your, your itinerary is for an everlasting life, minus for today. And I might not make it all the way through today. 
So when we live a life for God, and when we know that we know that we've got an everlasting kingdom, He grows more and I become less. And that's what I said when I was saved. When I asked Jesus Christ into my heart, I said, God, I want you to be the ruler of my life. I want you to be the controller of my life, not just a piece of it, not just 50% of it. God, I want you to take everything. I want you to affect every piece of my being every day of my life. Now, as I've gone along, I've tried to take some of that pieces back, and I want to be controller, and I don't want to hand everything over to him because that is in my flesh. But I fight it daily. He says we've got to die daily. Why? Because we need more of him and less of us. That's why. Because his things are eternal. And we can't get on that level living in the flesh. But we can go to his word and it tells us what we should do. But I just wanted you guys to realize this morning that it says few will enter in to the straight gate. Few will walk that narrow path. So if you don't know, if you don't know what path you're going to walk down, today's the day to find out. Today's the day is to secure your eternal victory through Christ Jesus. And don't wait for me to get done talking. If you feel God calling you to come up the altar, I will shut this thing down and we will pray over you and we will get your soul that eternal life and allow it to come into you today. Because this church is not here to prohibit. It is here to build. And with understanding and love and kindness. To guide and direct its congregation. And the people of this community. Because this church should be a light on a hill. Not to be hid under a bushel basket. We should be excited about God. And we should allow the spirit of God to control our lives. Not I our itinerary. Not what we've got planned for services today, but what God has planned for services today because he brought each and every one of us here. It's his plan, not ours. So if you ever feel moved by the Spirit, don't wait for me to get done talking because I may go for a while. But in verse 11, it says... And such were some of you, we're talking about all the sins, the fornicators, the idolaters, the idolaters, the abusers of themselves, thieves, covetous. We're talking about all that stuff, and it says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen. And by the Spirit of our God. It says, Nowhere in here how you did it yourself. It's all because of what He did. We used to be those things. We used to be sinners. But now we're a new creation. Because it tells me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse, 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So if you're still holding on today to some of that past life because you just don't want to give it up yet, give it up because you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. That means the past things, the past sins that you used to partake in are no longer. It says they're passed away because now you're new. And you need to focus on the new. 
The new is exciting, right? You ever seen two businesses? One's been in existence for 40 years. Another business of the same venture comes into town, right? And it's got a big grand opening and balloons and specials and deals. That business that's been there for 40 years is going to be slow that day because everybody's going to be at the new business. The new is exciting and you have to grow from it. You have to get a jump start. These kids sitting in the front row today are getting a jump start on their salvation when it comes time for them. And I'm excited, excited that we've got kids in our church because someday I'm going to get old. My kids told me I was old the other day, but I don't believe them yet. But someday I'm going to get old and I'm not going to be able to wear a hole in this carpet up here by pacing back and forth. It's going to get slower and my steps are going to get fewer and there's going to be, have to be somebody to take my place. There's churches all over with empty holes up here. We talked about discipleship this morning. But we have to become new. We have to get rid of the old things, the past that broke us down. And we have to become new in Christ Jesus because we want to be a reflection of Him, not ourselves, because it says that I am not worthy. I have fallen short of the glory of God. That's why I need Him to become new. I can't become new on my own. My past is still there. It's attached to my back belt loop, and I'm dragging it. But when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I cut that string and my past went away. And I became a new creation in Christ. And my identity is now a child of the King. And I really want to start when I introduce myself. Hi, my name is, well, I don't have to identify with my name because I'm a child of the King. That's what you need to know about me first and foremost. And I'm excited about it. They may look at you like you're a lunatic, but there are going to be some questions raised. They're going to start questioning some things, and your sanity might be the first one. But then they're going to wonder why you're so excited about God. These kids up here don't care right now. They're just excited about God, and they love telling people about God, and they want to tell their friends about God, and they want to tell their friends about a Savior. Do we go to the workplace telling everybody that we come in contact with about a Savior? I don't as much as I should, I can tell you that. I don't show as much as excitement as I should, I can tell you that. Because we've got to get excited. The church has got to get excited. We've got to get built up because we're a new creation. We're a new creature, it says. We're new. All things of the old are passed away. We used to be drunkards and idolaters and idolaters and liars and thieves. Not anymore. I'm a child of the king. That's who I identify with now. And he made all things new inside of me. Verse 12, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. This one verse right here explains a lot. Um, mainly from my teenage years into early 20s. Just because you can do it does not mean that you should do it. Teenagers in here, raise your hands. Preteens, raise your hands. Okay, just because you can do it does not mean that you should do it or that it is to your benefit. 
okay? We have to remember that. Just because it looks fun at the time, it may have everlasting percussions and repercussions and things we don't want to deal with because it has an adverse effect anything that you do. And those of you with little brothers and sisters, they're watching you. Anybody that knows my brother, I learned a lot. I didn't have to experience it because my brother experienced it for me. And I was like, I don't want to do that. He saved a lot of face for me. He showed me a lot of things that I didn't have to do because I knew from what he got in trouble with what was going to get me in trouble. So he helped teach me a lot of things, but in the opposite direction, and I'm sure my parents would have liked him to learn them. But the thing is, is we're always teaching. We're always showing. We're always being example. So when you become a new creature, be a new creature in Christ. Be a reflection of that light. Let your light so shine before men. Because you're going to shine it. And you need to shine it hard because that's what God has put it in us for. Not to dim it down when we don't want to use it, but for it to be lit fully all the time. And it says in the second part of that verse, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Why? Because we're free. We're free. Not just free as an American. Free because we're a child of the one true God. Sin no longer has its bounds on us. It doesn't control us. It says we don't have to serve sin like we used to because our new identity is in God. So Satan no longer has you serving sin. You can. We've seen how that worked out for the people of Israel, right? I mean, you can. But time and time again, God had to step in and correct them. They would be serving God, and, and God done miraculous things for them, and, and delivered them out of Egypt, and, and gave them the best land there was possible. And in between there, they wandered around in the desert for 40 years because they stopped serving God, and they, they served other gods. And time and time again, Israel kept messing up, and they kept serving other things. Just because you can, you have to know that there is one true God that deserves serving. And he deserves your undivided attention. Why? Because he made you new. He made you new. Nobody else in this realm, spiritually or earthly, can declare that. Only God can. Because he made you new through the sacrifice of his son. You were made new. And it says, verse 13, meats for the belly and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that ye which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And one spirit trumps one flesh. Because the flesh is temporal. And the flesh is going to die. And it's going to rot or be burned. But your spirit, when you tie on 
to Jesus. And when you allow that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, don't put it in bed with sin. Because after you become a new creation, it says everything else is passed away. So from this forward, when you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of you, any sin that you are in, you are dragging the Holy Spirit with you. You can imagine walking into a bar or to make a drug deal or a lustful action that you're holding Jesus Christ's hand and you're walking in it together. If that doesn't strike a chord with some of us, I don't know what will. One of the most powerful pictures that I have ever seen drawn was a guy with a rubber band fixing to take a needle and Jesus Christ was standing right behind him and Jesus' arm was laying on that table fixing to take that needle. That picture is forever imprinted into my mind because when I think about things that I shouldn't be thinking about or when I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing, I'm remembered that Christ is here with me and I'm dragging him through the mud. Because he is with me always and he is everywhere I want. And he is everywhere all the time. You can't check him at the door like a raincoat. He is with you always once you accept him. That's why you must become new and let the old slip away. Verse 18, it says, flee fornication. Every sin that the man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. There is plenty of that to go around today. We have to flee these things. You know, if you're trying to beat sin, and you have Jesus Christ in your heart, pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. It says take every thought and make it captive to Christ. You have to work at it because it's a battle. This earth will try to get your attention with everything that it has because Satan's up there throwing darts at you because he knows what you like and he knows what you used to be about and he's bringing up that past every chance that he gets to try to distract you from the new creation that you've become and he wants you to turn around and he wants you to walk away from God and he wants you to live a life of sin and be distracted. He's throwing everything that he's got at you to try to distract you from what God would have from you. So if you're trying to beat sin, concentrate on God. Because if your mind is full of God all the time and you're turning away from sin at every corner, you're like, nope, I gotta go, I gotta go talk to God. Nope, not that door. I've got to go talk to God. Nope, I'm not going to do that because I know that's not what God would have for me. Nope, I'm not going to do that because that is ungodly. That is unrighteous. That will not get me to heaven. Every thought and every process that we have must obey Christ. It takes work and you're going to fall. But you've got a Savior that is there to help pick you up when you think you can't walk, he will crawl with you. And you will gain strength while you're crawling. And eventually, you'll get to your knees and you can start praying. And then your praying will lead to walking. And your walking will lead to jogging. And you're jogging to running. And all of a sudden, bam, Christ has recreated you again because your brokenness allowed him to rebuild you. Because sometimes we have to get to the end of ourselves 
before we rely on him. That is flesh. That is the weakness of flesh. Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom. Thank God he is my rock bottom. Because you're falling on a book of promises that he has given you, that he will never fail you, he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. He says that all of his promises are good, and he will uphold all of them. Not some of them. Every single word in this book is true. If you want to know what God has for you and what promises I'm talking about, read this book. And then start to get excited. Because we have a God that loves us. And we have a God that wants us to be better. And we have a God that wants us to be whole and to feel loved. So when we're in that dark place, when we're in that dark place, we have to know that God is with us. And our attitude can change once we realize that God is with us in that dark place from, why did you put me here? Why, God, why? Why me? To, uh, all right, God, I know that I'm here for a purpose. I am walking through this darkness so I can be a light, either to me or to somebody else, that I can build stronger from here because, God, the darkness has nothing on me. Satan has no power on you because I'm standing on your promises and you said that you will deliver. And so when you come out on the other side, stronger, with a testimony that some won't even believe because it's so great. You can help other people. Because your testimonies and your walks of faith with God will make you stronger. And it will build you up for the next time to fight another battle. Because he uses the word endure till the end. It tells us that it's not necessarily going to be easy. That we're going to have to fight for it. And we've got to want it. One of my continual prayers is that God would put a fire in me that I would not cease to seek his face no matter what situation or how hard it gets. I want that fire to burn so deep. Verse 20. It says, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Once we come to terms with the fact that we're not doing this on our own, and that God gave us what we have, and that it's all his to take away freely as he sees fit to build whatever it is that he's building inside of us, whether it be physical stature, whether it be spiritual stature, whether it be moral character. Things get stronger and more pure when they're tested by fire. So if you're in a battle, if you're in that darkness, know who's with you. Know who indwells inside of you. Know whose light that you're shining, no matter how dark of a place that you're in. Because somebody is watching you walk through that darkness, and they may be fixing to head there. They may, be, they may have beat you there. And you can be that light in the darkness that God calls us to be. You can be saltier and help people bring out what they already know. But you're going to emphasize it. Because when two sparks get put together, they can create a flame. And two flames put together can create a fire 
that can spread. Get excited today. We serve a one true God. We serve a God that can raise people from the dead. We serve a God that can heal people. I know it's not much of a blessing sometimes, but God put me here. And I joke about it, but I'm not here on my own power because trust me, this is not where I would choose to be. But God put me here for a purpose. And I plan to serve God with all my heart, wherever his purpose for me is. So I implore you today, don't just stick your toes in the water. Jump in head first. See what God has for you. Don't just give him part of your heart. Give him all of it and see where he takes you. If stuff ain't working for you and you're kind of going through a dark spot, relinquish yourself to the controls of God because he might just be building you for something better. Sometimes the worst thing we can do is hold on to things of our past that prohibits us from experiencing the things that God has for our future. I talked to a, a girl yesterday. She's dabbled in and out of drugs, was a heroin addict for quite a while, got some kids. She's not addicted to heroin anymore, but the devil keeps throwing that back in her face. And he brings it up so strong that she's afraid to go to church because she's afraid that the people at church are judging her and talking about her. Church, come on. That shouldn't even be a thought in her head. We can be better than that. We're not salty enough because we should be bringing out the good that God has put inside of her because she's a child of the king and she should feel lifted up every time she walks in the doors because everybody here has the salt savor of God that's inside of you and we can allow her and preserve her and inspire her, not shame her. That's our fault. That's our fault. Her dad pleaded with me after she left. Invite her to your church because she doesn't feel welcome anymore at ours. Sometimes people see what they want to see. I'm not saying it's all the church's fault because it could be all in her mind. I don't know. But I know how salty we are and how bright our light shines make a difference in her life and in her walk. This front row right up here is looking to see how light you are. And they want to experience how salty you are. It's a challenge. How bright can you shine God's light in your life? How salty can you be? Can you be a Barnabas that stuck up for Paul to get his ministry going? He supported him because he seen God inside of him? How are we seeing each other in here? Are we seeing the God inside? Are we seeing the fleshly stuff that's going to go away? It's a challenge because the next generation hinges on your light. 
and they hinge on your salt. If I don't raise my kids up in the church, and if I don't tell them who Jesus is, then I'm allowing the world to tell them who Jesus is. And I don't know if I trust that or not. So if you're not teaching somebody, find somebody to teach. And let your light so shine before men that when they see you, they know it's got to be a God thing. Because listen, Mason's not that articulate. Have you ever heard him talk in public? He's not that good. That's got to be somebody else. That's got to be God. And I will assure you, God will equip you with everything you need for the task that he has called you to because he's already went and prepared that task for your service and he's put the tools in your tool pouch. All you got to do is pick it up and go. Let today be that day. Will you please stand with me? Let today be the day that you say yes. Today be the day that you say, God, I want to be salty. I want to be salty. I want my light to shine brighter. I want to be more. And if you don't have the light, if you don't have the light and you don't have the salt, come get it. It's a free gift. All you have to do is say yes. Jesus, I want you inside of me. I want to be saltier. God, I want to represent your light in my daily walk. God, I want to show people who you are by allowing you to have control of my life. I don't care if you've been sitting in the pew for 30 years and you're still withholding 50% of your life from God. Today is the day to relinquish the rest of yourself. So that you can be the example that God wants you to be to a fallen world. There are so many drugs and things in our own community we talk about it all the time. Prevention is way easier than trying to pull somebody out of it. Your attitude when you walk out of this church might prevent the light that you shine to somebody in a dark place might prevent. Or if somebody's in the darkness, you might light up their world. You might light it up. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in, but all we really have to take in is Jesus. And then we have to listen. And he'll tell us what's next. All we got to do from that point is just follow. Just follow. It's so easy. Say, God, today, Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I want you to be ruler and controller of my life. God, I want you to take it over. And I want you to look and see what God is doing right now before your eyes. He is transforming the next generation that they might be stronger than us, that they might be more righteous than we are, that they might be stronger than what we could ever be. Because right here is where it all begins. The altars are open. Come give those pieces of your life that you've been holding back. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, today is the day. Allow him to flood your life, to take control of it, and see where he takes you. The altars are open.